This is the Iowa State Athletics Sidecast. This Sidecast is brought to you by Van Wall Equipment. Visit any Van Wall location today to test drive the full lineup of John Deere compact utility tractors with the power and versatility to conquer anything this season. I'm John Walters. In today's Sidecast, Mike Green, director of the Letter Winners Club, visits with former Cyclone basketball player Scott Howard. Scott is the director of player personnel for the NBA champion Denver Nuggets, and he has great stories about his time at Iowa State and in the NBA. This sidecast is provided to you by the Iowa State Letter Winners Club, bridging the gap between legend and legacy by engaging in our past to invest in our future. We hope you'll enjoy this visit with Scott Howard. All right, everyone, we have a wonderful guest in our next sidecast in Scott Howard. And Scott was an Iowa State letter winner in men's basketball. He played basketball for Coach Lynn Nance and Coach Johnny Orr. And after he got done at Iowa State, he went on to an incredible successful career in the game of basketball. Coached in college for a number of years, then he got into the NBA. And he's done a lot of things in the NBA. And this last year with the Denver Nuggets, he won an NBA ring. And he's the director of player personnel with the Denver Nuggets. And he's got a ton of stories and we're just ecstatic that he joined us on our sidecast. Thanks a lot, Scott. Thanks for asking me. It's a pleasure. I'm going to throw a softball at you. The first question, how does it feel to be an NBA champion? I still kind of can't believe it. I've been in basketball for, I guess, 40 years. My dad was a coach when I was a kid. So I just, I've been yeah. around basketball my entire life. And it's the first time I've ever been on a team that was the best. Yeah. I've been, I've been a part of really good teams league championship teams, but never won a national title. To be an NBA champion, and I don't consider myself an NBA champion, but to be a part of an yeah. organization that is is uh, is phenomenal. For a little kid from Iowa Falls, it's a dream come true, you know? Yeah. Well, you know, how does that work with your job? Were you with the team when they clinched, when they won? Uh, I, I was. Yeah, okay. Was. So that had to have been just an amazing, amazing career high uh, for you. Michael, if I told you that the, the, the night it was it – was, somewhat surreal. I was down on the floor. I was on the podium when with, with the, during yeah. the trophy presentation and then back in the locker room after the game. And the amount of champagne, the cigars, the, the <laughs> sheer joy in that locker room was just, I, I can't even explain how surreal it was to be a part of. And then my wife and I stayed in Denver that week and we were part of the parade and the okay. celebration in, in downtown. So it was uh, quite a thrill. I'd like to do it again. <laughs> yeah, well, and and that's the thing. I think you're I think you're set up pretty well because uh, you have literally you could say the, I mean, I, I'm going to say it, the best player in the league. I'll one up you on that. I think he's the best player in the world. <laughs> I yeah, it, yeah yeah exactly no and and when you have a player like that, you get to see this guy obviously a lot. Have you ever seen a a big guy that's skilled and he has everything, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. He he's incredibly skilled but i think the thing that makes nicole as special is he's he's got the best mind of any player that i've ever been a part of brilliant brilliant basketball player he sees things way ahead of what everybody else does and then the other thing is it's all about everybody else for him it's not a it's not about him you know he's he doesn't do social media he's not part of ad campaigns he doesn't really want anything to do with that he wants to stay in the background he's a incredible teammate i mean a giving phenomenal teammate he's just a great guy and it's fortunate in basketball when you have that because he's our best player and one of our better locker room guys and so everybody else just falls into line and there's no way to argue with nicola as good as good of he is as a player but 
then to have him be such a great guy, it makes our locker room great. It makes our team fun. I know I'm partial, but I thought our team was fun to watch in this in the sense of we weren't ball dominant. We shared the ball. We passed. We yep. moved. We cut. Um, maybe old school basketball in some ways where the NBA had become has become so star focused and ball player ball dominant players. We weren't that way. And, Not at and, all. Yeah. And as a result, I think we were a refreshing team for people to watch. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, obviously with Joker, he his his passing is just I, elite is probably not the good enough word for it. You're from the older generation like me, and you, you saw Bill Walton as center passer. You saw Wes Unsold and those guys. I don't think I've ever seen a guy that tall pass the ball at pinpoint accuracy like he can. Yeah, I, I agree. He's, I think he's the best passing big man of all time. I I'm, Walton was great. Yeah. Uh, West West Unsold was great, like with the outlet pass, but not maybe not in the in the half, half court, court offense yeah. as much. Um, the thing that makes Nicola unique as a passer is he does it all over the floor. I mean, he he, he can do it. His out of bounds passes down the floor. He's the only guy that knows somebody's free down there, and his ability to thread the needle in the half court is just it's uncommon. Yeah, you know, obviously you've been in the league a long time for you know various organizations. Besides the Joker, <laughs> what other player that you have worked with in the NBA that would rank up there as one of the best you've ever been around? Well, I, I was fortunate when I first my, my first job in the NBA, I worked I went to work for the Washington Wizards. The second year I was there, Michael Jordan came back to play and played. Oh, for so he was there when you were there. OK. And and so that was quite a thrill. I, I became very friendly with Michael as well and was around him a lot. But he'd be the other guy that just superstar and he was 40 at the time and was still able to score 40 at 40 yeah. <laughs> so he, he was great which doesn't happen very often in that league you start getting upper 30s it's you start diminishing skills a little bit so obviously you've had a chance to work with some iowa state cyclones and uh you you were with the nuggets when monte morris was there uh, I, I was yeah what do you think about him as a young player as he kept getting better and better well you know the thing about monte Monte fit it with our style of play. And, and I knew, you know, Fred Hoiberg's a friend and Steve Prohm became a great friend of mine. And so I, I knew a, a lot about Monte as a guy. Yeah. And, you know, the, the thing that made Monte unique is he never turned the ball over. You know, he had those high assist numbers, yeah. but, but it, his assist to turnover ratio was uncommon. I think one year he was seven to one. He, yeah. And, I mean, I don't and, know if ever, anyone's ever going to touch that, those records no. he has in college. I mean, and, and so he was the consummate backup point guard. And then last year when Jamal Murray was hurt for a year and a half, Monte started for us and did a yeah. great job. I mean, he got the playoffs. He was great. I, I, I think with pro sports, one of the things that's really sad is when you have to trade a player that you don't want to trade the player, but you got to trade the player to make the deal work that, to get the yeah. player that you need. Well, that's the business. And I think Monte was a, a victim of that. I, you know, in some way, shape, or form, I wish he could get a ring because he's a part of the way we built this franchise. But, it, but he he was just a, a terrific teammate, selfless guy, yeah, like a good player. I mean, a, a really, really good player. I think he's going to get a fresh start here, and I he's he's going to be with the Pistons now, and and I think he'll I think he'll do well. A casual observer, or fan of basketball, doesn't really know what a director of player personnel does. Could you try to explain that? It's scouting. My responsibility, you know, I don't really have much to do with this year's team. I always worry about my my responsibility is next year's team. 
as we were going through this year, I was out on the road scouting college talent all season long, preparing for the draft. So, so it's identifying talent. And then, um, you know, we had, the, we had the draft a couple of weeks ago, and three days later I was on a plane headed for Budapest, Hungary, to go to the World 19 and under to start working for next year. And, yeah. it, it, you know, basketball now is a year-around game, so it really kind of never stops. It really never slows down. But my responsibility is next year's team, primarily – college talent, but I do do some international stuff. Today's sidecast is brought to you by Van Wall Equipment. Van Wall Equipment and John Deere are proud to support Iowa's farmers in the field and Iowa State Athletics on the field. Well, you just got back from Hungary and uh, you had a chance to watch uh, a future cyclone in Omaha, Baloo. What do you think of him and the USA team down there? Yeah, I, I'm, I can't really comment about Omaha yep. just because he's an incoming freshman. The, the, yep. the U.S. team you know, it's a, it's unfortunate for the U.S. They select the team, they practice for five days, and then they go play, and they, yeah. they play against these national teams that have played together for three, four years. And so they lost in the in the semifinals. They lost to France in a pretty good game, and then they got beat by Turkey in the bronze medal. I'll just say this. He's going to be a very good player. Yeah. Well, let's go back to your college days, Scott. You know, you came to Iowa State, and you remember the team. I believe your, your first year was Coach Nance's last year. Is that right? Correct. And yeah. You had a chance to play with, and actually, I think you told me you were roommates with Dean Utoff, one of the greatest players, and obviously the greatest rebounder in Iowa State history. And you came back this last year for his Hall of Fame induction. How awesome was that to see him again? And what was he like as a player at Iowa State? Oh, that that aside from winning the uh, the championship and going through that experience, the highlight of my year might have been last September when they put Dean in the Hall of Fame just because I thought he was so deserving. If they had 30 teams back then when Dean came out of college, he, he'd, have, he'd have been in the NBA for a long time with his skill set. He was my roommate. He was a great guy. I, I, I loved Dean. And he, you know, he went off and went down to Australia, and that was the first time I'd seen Dean since he left campus. Yeah. And it was, a, it was a phenomenal night because a lot of Dean's teammates came back to support him, and, and it was the first time I'd seen a lot of guys for – for many years. I saw John Tillo and John Ness and Andrew Parker came back and Lefty Moore was yeah. there. Chuck Harmison came back and Chuck Chuck is still a good friend of mine and uh that and the list goes on. It they just it was it was a really, really neat deal. A, a tip of the cap to Iowa State for running such a great event to, to honor their former athletes. That was that was a great night. I'd like to you know go back and hopefully there'll be another teammate that'll get in. But Dean Dean was an, um, a phenomenal rebounder. His ability to find hard to get balls was really unique, and he had great hands. I'd have to look it up because it was forty years ago. But it, he was a little bit limited offensively, so some of those rebounds were offensive rebounds, his own shots, you know. That yeah, he, he admitted that. <laughs> he was teasing once in a while. He was padding yeah. the stats, but yeah. he was a great teammate. Great yeah. teammate. Well, I, you know, we were so thrilled that you came back, and it's one of the greatest weekends of the year for myself as well. It's just so awesome to see all these great athletes come back and their teammates, and it's just reminiscent, and it's just great being a Cyclone that day. So Yeah, no, I, I, I've actually fussed at some people at Iowa State for a number of years. It, um, it was great that they put Dean in the Hall of Fame, but in my view, Dean's number should be retired at Iowa State because he still holds rebounding records that may never be broken. Yeah, probably not. Probably not the way the game's changed. So uh, tell us about your second year, because that's when a guy named Johnny Orr took over. And that had to have been, I mean, 
the contrast of of coaches, I, I can't even imagine the change there. And you know, what was Coach Orr like that first year? I know he always talks about how, you know, he had a, you know, kind of a ways to go. But what was that like with Coach Orr that first year? The thing I liked about Coach Orr, the, the same Coach Orr that came in that first year was the same Coach Orr that, you know, as they built the program, he never changed. You know, we weren't very good. We had a losing record. But every day was a joy to be around. Coach Orr was a unique guy. A lot of times he said things that were funny that you look back on it. <laughs> he, he was he had a little message there. But Coach Orr treated everybody so well. You know, I was the worst player on the team. I was a walk-on, and he treated me just as well as he treated anybody else. He was a great selection for that job. And and what's crazy, I'm sure a lot of old old school Iowa State people remember, but. How Coach Orr got that job was he was the coach at Michigan, and he called to recommend Bill Frieder for the yeah. job. And Lou McCullough was the AD and started talking to him. And before you know it, Lou was smart enough to say, well, Coach, how about if I asked you to take the job? And Coach Orr said, well, you know, you'd have to pay me a lot of money. And, could. and within a couple of days, they had a deal. And, and it was brilliant on Lou McCullough's part yeah. to ask that question. But he, he was a great selection at that time because it you know a lot of times when there's coaching change is a swap from one style to an exact opposite style coach nance was a terrific basketball coach coach nance we ran the triple post which was the the same offense that the chicago bulls ran for all those years and he was an expert at that you know the year before my freshman year, they had finished second in the in the Big Eight Conference. Yeah, with Andrew Parker, we had a great year. That was back before the NCAA expanded. And if it were today, they'd have been in the NCAA tournament that year. Yeah, no doubt about that. And so Coach Nance was a terrific basketball coach. But then Coach Orr just brought a – he just brought a liveliness to the program that was exciting. And then the fans, you know, the fans got into it. And the here's Johnny deal. Yeah. And, and he embraced that. You know, he embraced being in public – he embraced going to every golf tournament and the public speaking tour and it became folklore now, but he, he was, he was sensational. What do you remember about him on the bench talking to the officials? <laughs> oh, he was, he was, he, he got after him pretty good. We were playing Missouri on a Saturday afternoon and uh, Missouri had a really good team. Norm Stewart was the coach and uh, Steve Stepanovich was on that team and John Sunvold. John was a friend of mine. I, I had gone to camp with John when I was in high school and, and had stayed in touch with him. So it was a crazy story. There was a, a play where Stepanovich got the ball on a rebound and Lefty Moore came up and to kind of try to block the outlet pass. And he got up right up underneath Stepanovich and Lefty, you know, very tall. So he was yeah. kind of down, had his head down like around Stepanovich's chest. And Stepanovich just kind of looked down at him and he came down with a ball and he got Lefty right in the forehead. And Lefty crumpled to the ground and the referees don't call a foul. And now they pass the ball up the floor and Coach Orr goes out on the floor. He runs, he runs out into the middle of the center circle and then he starts running down the floor towards Missouri's basket in the second half. And he's waving his arms at the referee like, you know, and so they, they stop play. They call a technical foul on Coach Warren. And it was the wildest scene. Yeah. And so then fans are throwing stuff on the floor. And John Sunvold and I end up 
out in the middle of the floor talking for about five minutes while they sort this all out. I'm picking up a few coins, <laughs> sticking them in my stock. <laughs> it was, yeah, Coach Orr, Coach Orr was quite a showman. Yeah. Quite a showman. When you think about the colorful coaches in the Big Eight at that time, you know, you had Coach Orr, you had Cipriano at Nebraska, you had Norm Stewart in Missouri. I don't know if Tubbs was quite there yet. He was getting yeah, there. Yeah, Tubbs, Tubbs, Tubbs came in my, yeah. Yeah, Jack Hartman. I mean, like I that era of coaches, I mean, they would they would do and say things that you just like you kind of cringed like there's no way they would get away yeah, with that, today. That, that, that if if you look back at that time, you you're exactly right. Um I mean, Ted Owens was at Kansas and Ted, Ted Owens was yeah. a terrific coach and there were really good coaches. The basketball was good in that. Day. Yeah. For quality, comfortable, and authentic styles on Cyclone Game Days and Every Day, insist on Authentic Brand Sportswear, the premium alternative gear of choice in the Midwest and across the nation. Choose Authentic Brand for your game day styles. You graduated from Iowa State in 83, and then you got a job as a graduate assistant at Iowa for George Raveling's staff, correct, the next year? Correct, yes. So it was either your first time or one of your first times back to Hilton Coliseum Iowa State played Iowa in basketball. And people have to understand that I, I think Iowa State had only beaten Iowa in basketball like one time from 74 to 83 or 84. Correct. And so it was a bad drought. You know, obviously Lou Olson had him going. It was a great program. And well, that game was a memorable game, wasn't it? It was double overtime. And I'm, yeah. you, know, you know, Barry Stevens uh, fouled out, but Hornacek kind of led Iowa State to him. And that game was a huge win for Johnny. A huge win for the program at the time, but what do you remember about that game from being on the other side? <laughs> yeah, I, I I remember it vividly. The game was an incredible game, double overtime. We had a good team. We ended up going into a skid later in the year. We didn't make the NCAA t- tournament, but Greg Stokes was on that team. Michael Payne, yeah, Fino, and and the game was a high level game. The intensity of the game was incredible, and. You know, Hilton was sold out, and back then Hilton really didn't sell out that that often. They'd sell out for the Iowa game every other year, and then maybe yeah. if when Kansas came to town or Missouri came to town, but Hilton wasn't sold out back then, and it was sold out, and it was a phenomenal game. And George Rabling, who's my best friend at, at today, I don't want to say didn't understand. It was just his first Iowa Iowa State yeah, game. Yeah, because that was his first year, right? That was yeah, his first year, and. and I was a, a graduate assistant, but I was on the bench and I had the scouting report for the game, which why George entrusted a scouting report to, to a 23 year old kid in a game of that high level. I, I'm, I'm not too sure why, but the game just got going and it was intense and Coach Orr's on the referees and George got involved in that a little bit. And George came over to our staff during one of the timeouts and just looked at it and he was like, wow, this place is wild. And it was a really cool environment, and Iowa State holds on to beat us. And it's the first time that I remember in my the first time I was ever a part of it. The fans stormed the court. I had never been at a game where the fans stormed the court like that. And I remember being somewhat mad. And I, I say that teasingly because after Dean Utoff was my roommate. The next year, my roommate was Ron Falencheck, and Ron was actually back for, for Dean's induction. Yep. And I was walking off the floor, and I looked out, and Falencheck's out in the middle of the – he had already graduated. He's out jumping up and down in the middle of the center circle celebrating with all the players. And good for him. You know, I, I he should have. But I was looking at him. I was like, man, that <laughs> my roommate's celebrating on the other side. So it was a 
but it was it was a I think that that game launched Coach Orr's career. I not not career, but launched that program. Yeah, to I told it. I, totally agree. I, I oftentimes think that if they hadn't have won that game, that it may have taken them two or three more years to get that turned around. But yeah. but that was kind of the, the, the defining moment for them. Yeah. Well, the year before they, had, you know, they got that big win over Missouri with Barry Stevens hit the shot. But then the, then this was the next year. But you're, you're absolutely right, Scott. That that game really another great moment in Hilton Magic got them going. And that, that team, that Iowa State team, did did make the NIT that year. So yeah, yeah um, they were a good team. Yeah, so that was a, a good stepping stone. I know, I know you think the world of Coach Raveling. I mean, he is one of the finest men in, that you will ever meet. And you know, what type of person was Coach Raveling? I mean, he's he's been a mentor to so many people, hasn't he? Yeah, I, he still is at 80, 86. And, yeah. and I talked to him quite frequently. There's sometimes I talk to him almost every day for two, three weeks in a row. And I'm actually part of a little bit of a project where working on getting a really neat documentary done on But he was a, a, a really giving guy. He was unique in the sense that he would just take people under his wing that he didn't know and had no connection to. He just, he was yeah. a giving guy. One of the things I always was always amazed about George was he still says to me to, to this day, what could I do for you today? He's he was he was um, a unique share. You know, he's a he was a voracious reader. Still is. Back when newspapers were the rage during the basketball season, we we subscribed to over two hundred daily newspapers in the office. No kidding. They'd come in the mail, and the managers would take them out of the paper wrappings and. They took the sports pages out, and then there were about 12 papers where they saved the whole paper, and that was part of George's daily routine is reading daily newspapers, and during the season, that was one of the ways. It was before the internet. That's the way we kind of tracked recruiting. He'd, he'd come in, and he'd add up a newspaper article from Baton Rouge, Louisiana, here, follow up on this kid, and we'd make a call. It was kind of kind of old-style recruiting, but... He was just a just a really unique guy, high information guy, and a well-rounded guy. I mean, a, a good dinner, you know, a good glass of wine. He wasn't just about basketball. It was a, he was an incredible guy. On football Saturdays, our John Deere run of the game is brought to you by Van Wall Equipment. Nothing runs like a deer, especially when supported by the team at Van Wall Equipment, the Cyclones' John Deere dealer of choice. You know, you obviously you you coach in college for a number of years for multiple schools. And one of the schools that you were an assistant at was Nebraska under head coach Danny Nee. And I just want to ask you about an unbelievable game that you were a part of at Hillman Coliseum when Tyron Liu upset Iowa State and Kelvin Cato and Kenny Pratt, Dedrick Willoughby and Sean Bankhead and J.C. Holloway. I mean, that that game was amazing. And it, I think Iowa State was ranked in the top 10, if I believe, well, at the time. Yeah, and and I, I remember I was at that game and, and being devastated, but that performance by Tyron Lue that day, I mean, holy smokes. Yeah, I was like, this guy, never... this guy's good. <laughs> when Coach Floyd was there, I thought when I was at Nebraska, I thought the t- Iowa State was clearly the, the, the hardest team in the league to prepare for. Kansas was the best program year after year in the three that I w- in the three years I was at Nebraska, but Iowa State was the hardest team to play against because they played such a unique style. They, they Tim face guarded two guys yeah. on the floor. He had this rule 60 by two, 60% of a team's offense comes from two players. So take those two players out of the game. So they played what was kind of essentially a triangle and two in a way. Yeah. And yeah. they were just incredibly hard to prepare for. And so we beat them 
that year that that game that you're talking about that would have been uh i think 90, it was 96 97 right yeah the 97 yep. season yep. and then we turned around and and came back to hilton the following year in 98 and beat him again yeah uh, willoughby and cato had graduated uh but the game that you're referring to it was a great game lou was terrific and we scored to go ahead and then uh, iowa state brought the ball up the floor and they were going to hold the ball for a last second shot and Cookie Belcher got up, and Dedrick Willoughby dribbled the ball off his left foot, and it went out of bounds, and we got yeah, the ball. And that's won. right. And, that's uh, right. And it was a, a terrific game. And but but and Lou was great. But the next year we came back and we beat Iowa State pretty good. Then the following year, yeah, it, that was and, Coach Floyd's last year. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Yep, yep. But yeah, you know, those were. I mean, Coach Floyd had a rolling here. I mean, those teams were so tough and disciplined. He, he was such. He was such a great coach. Yeah. Getting close to wrapping this up, Scott. I can't can't thank you enough for taking the time to to talk to us. It's been great stories. You know, you're a lifetime member of the Iowa State Letter Winners Club, and we really appreciate that. How important is that for you to still be a cyclone and still be connected? It's kind of crazy. I don't know how I ever lettered because I was no good. But <laughs> I guess they appreciated somebody who just came to practice every day and gave yeah. the best. But um, it, it's quite an honor and I think we always end up going back to our roots right and and so after I left Iowa State I go to the rival I, I still I still have guys that I went to school with that kind of really don't think that fondly of me because I went to Iowa and yeah, <laughs> yeah. in, in a grudge I but um I started coming back when I was at Nebraska and went back there to play every year and then I got in the NBA I started coming back to to go to to scout games at Iowa State all, a lot. Every time I walk into Hilton, every time I go onto campus, it makes me reflect on my experience at Iowa State. And one of the things, that, as as aside from the terrific experience I had with my teammates in basketball, I got a great education at yeah. Iowa State. I majored in physical ed, and my teachers were terrific. And I lived in Larch Hall on, on the Cuttingham floor, and I still got a couple of buddies that I hear from every once in a while on, you know, that it's, um, Iowa State was very good to me and uh, I, I, I really care about it. Well, Scott, we are so glad that you're one of us and uh, we're so proud of your career and we can't thank you enough for taking the time to, to talk about your, not just your great season, but your outstanding career in, in basketball. So um, thanks again, Scott, for joining us and you're, we always want you back for reunions. You know that, right? I'll, I'll come. You put any of my teammates in the Hall of Fame, I'm there. Yeah. Well, Scott, thanks again for everything. Thank you so much. It was a thrill. Today's sidecast was brought to you by Van Wall Equipment. Stop by one of their locations and learn how to farm better, work smarter, and play harder when you run with Van Wall and John Deere. Thanks for listening.